Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of The Positive Edge, where we discover how our generation can better ourselves and the world around us in a time where positivity is needed more than ever. It's everything about finding motivation and purpose to also practicing self-care in today's day and age. And we are your hosts. Daniel is a motivational speaker and commercial pilot, and I'm Juliana, a social media strategist and content creator. We're both in our early 20s navigating life, documenting tips, challenges, and lessons along the way. That is very correct, Juliana. All right, so we, if we just dive right into today's topic, we are going to be talking about something which is very exciting. I think the topic is toxic masculinity. Yes, I've been so excited about this topic. It's something I've been very interested in for a long time. Yeah, indeed, I do very much agree on that. And you've been mentioned uh, quite a few times, and I will admit that I actually never really understood the definition of it completely before I actually uh, sort of dove into it as I've done uh, for the last days or so. If we just take a look at the definition of toxic masculinity, then the sort of very uh, theoretical definition is that in a psychoanalytical context, Terry Kubers, uh, he describes uh, toxic masculinity as the need to aggressively compete and dominate uh, others and as the constellation of socially regressive male traits that serve to foster domination, the devaluation of females, homophobia, and violence. Yes, and so the most simple definition that I found is that toxic masculinity is basically a set of negative behaviors that men think they have to follow in order to be proper men. So yeah, I think I came across toxic masculinity in college about like two years ago. And then afterwards, it's just been something that I've seen coming up as buzzwords, especially in TED Talks and um, a lot of people in um, in correlation to the Me Too movement have been mentioning this buzzword. And yeah, yeah, as you mentioned, I, it's something that I brought up to you as well because, yeah, I think we we talked about it like a year ago or something. I remember in um, at your place with your roomie at the time. Do you remember? I was talking about I was going on a rant about like toxic masculinity, and then you guys were just like sitting there in silence. It was really nice of you to just like let me talk, and you were like, "Wow, I never heard about that, but it sounds cool. Okay, it can make sense." Hmm. <laughs> and I think it's something that more people need to talk about. Why? Because basically, okay, if we if we um, just break it down to what it actually is, besides just the definitions, I think that men today, they grow up in a society where they can't really express their emotions. That's like one of the reasons they can't really express their emotions to their family, loved one and friends. And that results in like mental illnesses, not becoming very self-aware or in touch with your emotions, can even result to sexual harassment and many more like really dangerous traits. So I think it's something that we experience very subconsciously in society and culture and all those sort of things yeah i, I understand what you mean um, i will say that the, when you really dive into it then it's a it can very quickly become a very complex uh, conversation so i think it's important for us to keep it as simple as as possible mm -hmm. but basically uh, going back to the definition it's a set of negative behaviors that men think they have to follow in order to be proper men and me and as as a guy can absolutely relate to that i think when you're growing up as a as a guy then i think you sort of record everything 
that's going on around you. So everything from uh, when you're in the schoolyard and playing with your friends when you're in the elementary uh, school to, you know, growing up and seeing, seeing movies, James Bond even, uh, is a pretty typical example of that uh, as to sort of how you define a typical man. Mm. Uh, I will say that there's also definitely um, also evolution the evolution of the human being as a body, as a physical being, I also really do believe that that has something to do uh, with why and how men and or females are uh, reacting in different situations. Genetics definitely have something to do with it because boys growing up have more difficulty expressing their emotions, like accepting emotional vulnerability and admitting to any form of weakness. And I've seen that like growing up, how, how small boys have more difficulty expressing that and then another thing to just point out is that girls mature much faster in terms of like brain connections so they can develop in girls by the age of 10 whereas boys they need to develop much later and sometimes not before their 20s so there's clearly evidence there yeah i understand i will say it's it's sort of when we look at the whole toxic masculinity it's sort of the way i understand it looking aside from the definition i think it's a way to make both genders aware of creating equality to a certain extent between men and females. And I think that's that's proper in some situations and in other situations it's it's quite, you know, there's still differences, uh, physiological differences. I think it's it's is very much the physical context of it just being put focus on, I think. Mm-hmm, and yeah. first if the statement, you know, that we use to that men are stronger than women is only true on average. And only with regard to certain types of strength. Uh, females are generally more resistant to hunger, disease, and fatigue than men. There are also many women, females, who can run faster and lift heavier weights than many men. And furthermore, and probably the most problematic for this theory, is that uh, females throughout history has been excluded mainly from jobs that require little physical effort. Um, so, So, you know, it's... And this uh, is something I just read from the Sapiens uh, book I've been a, a very big fan of. And, you know, it's it's really just, a, you know, putting it into context, right? And, and, and I will say, if you even take a look at all of the stuff we're going through in, in school, all the tech, textbooks and history and so on, much of history is, el- is actually written by men. And I will say that I, I think it's... It's important to to take note of because obviously if if history is written by men and men tend to react in a more masculine way by their genetics then uh, they would they would most uh, likely also focus on something more masculine than for instance uh, a female would I would uh, say to a certain extent do you agree or is it too much off I think I I know what you where you're getting at um, and I agree I think that men throughout history have been so powerful so dominant um, but with today's society and so many opportunities that women have it's difficult to see kind of where men fit in in the same way that they did in the past and we'll get into like how it affects dating too but there's a real lack of purpose for men today what, what do you mean define that so I'm, I understand it so women are so much more ahead in terms of uh, college dropouts so men are more likely to drop out of college men 
especially boys, now that the mental health industry has developed much faster. Um, they found that men are more likely to serve ADHD, dyslexia, autism. Two-thirds of all students with learning abilities are male. Besides that, I think that just like the the ways that we express emotions are really difficult for men to kind of do to their friends. So if we take a look at the example uh, you just mentioned, it's obviously primarily uh, related to, to school. My own subjective opinion without any data is definitely that I think that guys ha- has a bigger tendency to not be able to sit still on a chair mm. in school. And that's necessarily not a bad thing. So I think it's very important how you connect, you know, diseases and not sitting still. Yeah, but that could relate to ADHD. But is that necessarily a bad thing? Definitely creates some struggles. Um, but you're right. Like, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you just because you have ADHD. Yeah. But it's just about um, being able to get rid of the, that extra energy. I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, and I agree, you know, it, it does create struggles uh, if you're not able or if you don't have parents that's able to cope and handle uh, those things. So in terms of toxic masculinity, what where do we kind of see that it's evident today? Where would you say that you see that, especially in like your male um, friend groups? I think it's very much uh, dominating the part of guys males uh, or general i'll just say people's life where they have to grow up and figure out where they fit in society so we were talking the late teens right they just finished high school they need to figure out what they're doing and all these things um so i think that's the, that's the primary part and also some of the most important you know sort of months or years in your life because you you know, you, you sort of adapt how you react in those situations going forward. Um, so it's very, I think it's very important to be aware of uh, going on. What do you think? Where, where have you seen it? Yeah, I agree. I think that the biggest issue is that they're not, like men are not be, being allowed to express their emotions in the same sense that women are expected to. So for instance, like you always hear the phrases such as man up or boys don't cry and all those sort of things. But throughout the years, if you keep hearing that and keep like hiding your emotions and not being able to talk to your guy friends about like failures or struggles or problems that you have, then it kind of builds up. And that's where it really becomes a dangerous thing. What builds up? Like all the, the emotions, like the negative emotions you never get to like talk about or process because men are less likely to like go to the doctors, seek psychological help. But wouldn't you say that also depends very much on your upbringing and your background in terms of parents and all of these things? It does, but that's the whole problem. Like our parents were taught that men is supposed to be in a certain way and that's what they see in TV too. So it's just, yeah, it's something that people need to talk about because we see it everywhere in movies, on TV, in culture, in magazines. I think it's very important also to once again be aware of it's my understanding and perception that the toxic masculinity is referring to the complete equality between men and uh, females, which is... No, that's feminism. Well, I think there's many points in, in the toxic masculinity talk that reminds of that. I'm just saying it's it's important. Like you mentioned the example before uh, that, uh, you know, men uh, growing up, they're being taught that they need to be like men. And... Then it comes down to how do you define men and so on and so on. But that's not the point. Nevertheless, the point is, I think if you end up in a place where 
everything is equal. You can say, I want to be as a man. I want to be, a, let's say, a policeman, or I want to be a, I don't know, what's it, a nurse or something like that. I think there's something genetic in the human body, which no matter what, will always seek in one of the um, directions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's very important to be aware of the uh, genetics for sure, because that does play a big role in in my opinion. For sure, because if it's just based on genetic, like there's a lot to do with just like culture too, and how you were again, like how you were raised, how society is shaping you as a person, and then that affects how you choose what you choose. Yeah, absolutely. Society has a lot to do uh, with it, and the whole patriarchal approach to it but that's really history just you know it's it's the history of you know of human beings throughout the last at least twenty thousand years uh, so that's really what you're trying to tweak and trying to change it a little bit here and that's why it's not necessarily easy i think let's move on to something a bit more light yeah all right so let's go on to dating juliana yeah so let's just talk about how toxic masculinity is affecting dating in today's day and age so i think that in the short time frame that woman has gotten so many equal rights and opportunities ahead of them i know that we still have a long way to go but uh we still have to remember there's no better time to be a woman in history than today so if we just think about that, then men are still being told the exact same story that they have to be a man, they have to provide for their family and all those sort of things. And I think today, now that it's changed so rapidly with women, men are kind of stuck and don't really know where they fit into all of this. That's my perception of it. So I think there's a lot of conflicts in terms of like domestic obligations. So for instance, who should provide for the family? Who should be more successful and all those sort of things? Men get really intimidated by like women's success. That's what I've experienced at least firsthand. Okay. So that's is that your own subjective opinion? That's my own subjective opinion, but I know a lot of other people feel the same way. So let's play with the example that you are in a situation where your economy is not well, you're struggling to pay your own rent and uh, you're working two jobs in also in order to also provide for, let's say, your mom. She was getting sick. Your mom and dad, they divorced. They just divorced. And your mom, she uh, couldn't, uh, g- you know, uh, keep up with the rent and so on. So you decided on helping her. But at the same time, you were seeing this guy. How would you want, how would you imagine this guy to be? In terms of his finances? Well, in terms of his, his him as a person and the whole context of toxic masculinity. But what does that have to do with like the situation? Because it's dating and toxic masculinity. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying that you want a toxic uh, individual to come into your life. Nobody wants that. I'm just saying that I think that uh, that what females seek in men or whatever you are uh, looking for in your partner, very, very... Vastly and very much depending on where you are in your life and what situations you're going through. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so you think it changes over time? I think it changes very much proportionally to, you know, what you're going through in your own life. I think if you're struggling in life, you want a partner who's strong and can uh, provide for whatever he or she is providing for. Yeah, but we have, I mean, today, in today's society, we have to assume that, like, men and women have more or less the same equal rights. Women are being able to do so many more things that they we 
that they could before. So if they have the same equal rights and they're at the same level, that's like baseline, right? That's where we have to assume like both partners are. Do you know what I mean? Like they both have an education, they both have a degree and so on. Um, but still, men feel like they lack purpose in terms of if their partner is more successful, earns more money than they do, they feel kind of defeated. Absolutely. I, I could understand that. I can kind of understand that too um when you consider all the things that men are being told from like cultural norms and ideals and pressures but it still feels like a defeat as a woman who suddenly feels like she's too much you're feeling guilty for being given all the opportunities that you have um and then being guilty for making your partner feel like he is less than her isn't that to a certain extent just the pressure that comes with it i mean being successful in all of these things yeah maybe but i just feel like if it was a man who was very successful in a relationship then it wouldn't be an issue no but just i'm sorry to say it but i think that's what you just said before that's somewhat how history has taught everyone to live and that's what we're trying to change right now yeah with good reason but you i think it's important for people to understand that you know change first of all comes with time and it doesn't come easy in this context mm -hmm. so it will take some time of you know having relationships where the female is more successful if you measure it in regards to workplace and income it will take time to adapt to definitely but with that being said it also i would say depends on the iq of the relationship How do you approach it? What are you working with? All of these things. It's a very tricky subject. So where do you feel like we are in today's society in terms of like dating? What's the biggest like issue and what's the the biggest um, opportunity out there right now? I believe that the biggest uh, issues for, uh, let's say, couples at our age is to develop the filter to sort of not get caught up in the whole mist of, you know, opportunities and being able to do A, B, and C. Because, you know, the world is getting very much more globalized that, than even 10 years ago, meaning that there's so many opportunities. You can become a YouTuber. You can become a, a typical carpenter. You can become a pilot. You can do... There's a lot of things to do. And I just think it's very important to use that filter in your own life. You can become a YouTuber pilot. Yeah, and you can do that as well. <laughs> Imagine that, huh? So, so that's what I think, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, actually, because... It reminds me of something that I recently heard from a Danish comedian where he was kind of joking that, you know, if we have the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then at the top of that, you have the self-actualization uh, phase. And then he says that the issue today with dating and being in a relationship is that we have to we all in that phase of self-actualization where we have to find our passions and live out our best dream and be your best self before in history you were kind of dependent on that other person and you couldn't really live without that person but today we have to learn how to live with a person while we are in our self-actualization phase mm. and kind of have room for that other person too and make sure that that person doesn't like step in the way of the other person so i think that's the biggest issue in dating too i would agree Like having room for that extra person. The way I understand what you just said was basically if you go 50, 60 years back, then it was, you know, one unit 
under one roof, is if you will. Yeah. Whereas today it can be two units, meaning two partners, which trying to figure it out with very different passions and and ways of going and so on. Yeah, we're so damn independent. Yeah, and 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 that's really the challenges again, all of using the filter and so on. It's probably good for our own self, but when we have to be in a relationship with another person, that's when it becomes tricky because how the hell are we gonna like find someone who is just perfect to fit into that little frame that we have yeah it's never easy so let's talk about dating and you Elena. and me let me ask you a question what do you think a typical female wants in a male partner today given the subject of toxic masculinity okay are we talking about like in general i might be like a little strange in that way I can tell you what, like, I think is the ideal. Okay. So I think the most important thing today is, like, for me, what I would look for in a partner would be self-awareness. Like, I think there's nothing more unattractive than someone who's, like, putting up a facade and who can't be vulnerable and introspective mm. and can't communicate that to others. But I might be, like, a little weird in that way because I'm so interested in that. So now that I am trying to become as much self-aware as I can and I really like to journal and meditate and like you know I'm very interested in that I can't have a partner who doesn't know anything about himself or who doesn't know why he's doing what he's doing mm. so you and your subjective approach to it is that you want a individual who is self-aware because you are self-aware is that correct <laughs> why are you saying it like that you, you make it sound weird no, I don't. I think it's very normal. When you are going through things, you often end up finding people who are going through or are interested in the same things. Same thing with work and all of these things. That's just how it works. Yeah, I just, I find it such a turn off if I'm on a date and then, uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, why do you want to study that or something like that? And then the person is like, oh, I don't know. Or hmm. like they don't know themselves that well, or, like make weird jokes that's inappropriate do you think it's a question of maturity yeah for sure and not just maturity in the sense of having a nice job but more maturity in the sense of life experience yes but i think that relates to toxic masculinity too because in especially in our age group like early 20s i personally think that females are more likely to like know what they want know themselves better why for men it's you know like those all age like in general they're a lot about like going out to party like sleeping with as many girls as possible and um i don't think they have the time or they don't have those conversations with their friends about who they want to be and what they want to do in life have you noticed that i could imagine that to a certain extent but i think it like in the, every, everything else, it depends on your social circle. Mm. Uh, given the fact that that people tend to say that females mature quicker than men, then yes, it makes sense that females have the more uh, mature conversations earlier. Yes. Uh, but again, I will say social circle has a lot to do with it as well. And also being aware of what that is. Yeah. So what do you look for when you're... Dating. For me, in being independent is is very important. Uh, being independent, being able to think for yourself, and making decisions yourself is something I value very highly. Again, it's only subjective opinion, so I cannot uh, generalize it. But 
you know, I, I don't want to be your dad or something like that. That's not how it works. A relationship, in my perception, is something where you support each other to grow the strongest together, as strong together as possible. Meaning, it doesn't mean that you have to have the same goal, that you both want to, I don't know, jump out of an airplane or something like that. But it's just that you have different goals and you're both uh, striving towards those goals. And you also try to cheer on each other on that road. That's a very important uh, thing for me. Okay, but wouldn't you feel like it was nice if your partner came up and like asked you for advice? Of course. And I would feel that it's very important that I could feel uh, that I could do the same thing with my partner. It goes both ways. I th you know, I think you, you reach a point where you need to understand that, sure, there's the whole physical aspect of it. If if you're a couple that likes to, you know, stay in shape and working out and all these things, there's a, a physical aspect where in which the man will just be bigger muscle-wise and lift more, blah, 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 and all of that. But you need to look beyond that. You need to look, all right, how does our brain work? How do we study? How do we learn new things and all of that? Um, so, yeah, advice. You should be able to ask your partner for advice. Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about porn. <laughs> There's no different way to say it. How do you think it's uh, affecting relationships? Or, or maybe let's go dating. How does pornography affect dating? I think the problem is that um, boys and girls today at a very young age, they use porn as a form of education on how sex is supposed to be. And I think that's such a dangerous thing because we all know that porn is very much from the guy's perspective, is very much about the male pleasure and is not reflecting mutual beneficial sex in a real sense. So I think that we need to just ask questions about like, if it's the right place to even learn about those sorts of things, whether there's consent in it too, um, and teach them that it's often very unsafe for women who are in those situations and kind of teach them or tell them about like the behind the scenes and what actually happens and why they are in that situation. So we're talking about the pornography industry here and the actors and all. Yeah, we're talking about the industry and I was very unsafe. It's often girls who just turn 18 and and get flown on to Florida or whatever it's, it's being filmed and are being forced into those sort of things without them even knowing what it is. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's some real things there that you have to think about. Or like plastic surgery, like girls see how they're supposed to look uh, in porn, in the naked body, and it's often they don't know all the procedures that had gone into that. All right, so just a little uh, scientific approach to the pornography. Guys and girls out there, if you are or when either of those two you are watching pornography, you need to understand that what happens is that dopamine is basically your your feeling of uh, you know liking something, right? It's 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 very addictive to a certain extent, and especially uh, what happens in the whole pornography. For as an example, is that you have receptors up in your brain, which is imagine it's catching the dopamine, the hormone that's being released in your body. If that's being triggered too many times, meaning there's too much dopamine being sent to your brain that these receptors have to catch, if you will, they're basically being damaged. So what happens is that it will require more and more before you will receive the uh, the mental state of uh, liking something and i think that's very important to be aware of so it's it's somewhat i suppose 
I cannot connect it to cocaine because I don't know the the scientific approach to it. But it's very addictive, and you need to understand that it can or or is damaging um, something in your brain if you uh, use it too much. It's actually also damaging that um, you are forcing yourself to be attracted or turned on to multiple different people. If you are in a, t- a relationship with your partner, like one partner, mm-hmm. of course, that's going to do something to your body. Like being able to look at so many people naked on your screen and then having to sleep with your one partner like that's gonna mess up with your mind so badly but what do you think is the difference between pornography and instagram obviously being the major difference is that i'm assuming in most pornography sense then people are naked but if we play with the thought here what do you think the difference is yeah i think that instagram can get very explicit yep um what do you feel like i think on instagram and facebook even there's these algorithms with which will show you I'm sure you you're aware of the discover page on Instagram, right? That's basically pictures that's coming up based on what you've liked before, I believe, and uh, what you tend to like again and again. So what Instagram is doing here is that they're painting the picture that you want to see based on your likes. Yeah. But now let's play with the thought here that you're only liking uh let's say if you're a guy and attracted to the opposite sex you're liking uh, females with big uh, hips like kim kardashian because that's what you've heard and seen all about in the news and blah 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 so then what instagram does is that they will now only show you these pictures in the long run so i mean the and that's the same as the pornography example you mentioned before. That's multiple females, multiple individuals. Now, let's say that you're in a relationship and you're using Instagram. Of course, you're being, I wouldn't use the word tempted, but you're yeah. you're brainstorming up in your head. Oh, how would this look like? How would she look like? And all of these things, right? So it's something to be aware of i think i've met so many guys where they're asking me as like a social media nerd they're like oh i don't get why i got so many like naked pictures of women up on my discover page and i'm like yeah you know it's based on what you've liked before (laughs) yeah and they just don't realize that they think that instagram is like messing with their mind or something but no yeah it's not (laughs) i don't get those sort of pictures on my feed i get fashion pictures and cute puppies (laughs) And I'll be completely honest here. There was a time on where I would actually uh, paint a picture of people based on what they are following on Instagram. Yeah. Just the following. You can very quickly see what kind of individual you're you're talking about. Um, it's easy to hit that follow button, uh, especially if it's something sexy, attractive, uh, and something like that. Just be aware of it's it's the food for your brain. You need to be aware or at least be able to filter what you're feeding your brain as food, right? Because that will become your um, your, your somewhat reality, your RIS or your law of attraction, whatever you want to call it. It will become a very vivid picture, returning picture in your head. All right, Yulena, so uh, good stuff. I think it was good. I think it was very good once again. Uh, it's always a very big thing to talk about dating and really how human beings are interacting i think and the mystery of toxic masculinity i think yeah. it's it's definitely a a subject that we will have to touch upon again because it's very i think subjective and also a very big subject um 
that are really relevant in many cases yeah and this is not us going like oh poor men like women face so many challenges too and we can touch on that in another episode but again i think it's really related to one another like the way that men are raised and they behave reflect on how women are treated let's talk about challenges Juliana. I have a challenge for you. Let's do that. So this is a new segment that we're creating where we'll challenge each other each week to like do something that's <laughs> maybe a little bit out of each other's comfort zone um, and then catch up on it on the next episode. So are you ready for your challenge, Juliana? Yes. Your challenge for the next episode is I want you to take a cold shower every day for 30 seconds at least mm. And to make sure, I mean, I believe you, I do believe you, but I would just like, a, I don't know, a sound recording, obviously not a, not a video recording, but a sound recording, all right? Yeah. Just to make sure it's done. And yeah, so yeah. what challenge do you have for me? I think you should journal for every single day, a minimum one page. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Minimum one page, and I'll set you to journaling prompts. No, and but that's a good thing. That's where we learn new things. <laughs> you sound excited. I'm not very excited about the cold shower either, so, you know, that's karma. Yeah, okay, all right. But that's where we learn new things, and I think it's uh, it's good. I will uh, do my very best to journal, yeah. and uh, you will... Do my very best to take the shower. With a audiophile, of course. Yeah, I just, with the cold showers, I think it just, like, for me, it lacks purpose. I don't see the point of it. Okay, maybe I felt the same way, Yulina. Let's just play with that thought. <laughs> Nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you so very much for... Uh, listening in and tuning into our podcast today as always we will link uh, our sources and all of the relevant stuff for this episode don't forget to leave us a voice message on anger.fm it would be really cool to hear from you if you have any questions or just want to say hi and if you want more from us you can always follow us on social media my username on instagram is at juliana chow and daniel's is at daniel's pilot life Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much, guys. So long, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.